you're listening to another inspirational message from Bell Road Church. If you live in the North Phoenix area and are looking for a church community, we'd love to have you join us. It's a great place for the whole family where you can have fun and grow closer to Jesus. For more information, visit us at www.bellroadchurch.com. super excited for this message today. You're in for a real treat because you're going to hear from one of our heroes, one of our pastors, Pastor Glenn Bertel. And this story is, is pretty crazy. Like Pastor Glenn literally died almost six months ago and came back to life. And I was able to talk with him this week, kind of do a little interview, let him share his story, and you're going to hear that mm-hmm. right now. And if you, if you have your Bible, feel free to go to John chapter 11. He's going to reference the story of Lazarus that's in John chapter 11. Love for you to go there, and you can even read through it as, as you're listening. He's going to reference several things in, uh, as he shares his story about what God did in his life. But I love the story of, of Lazarus. It's, it's amazing. It's a pretty phenomenal story where Lazarus is one of Jesus' really good friends. He's the brother of Mary and Martha. And, and whenever Jesus was in Bethany in their town, he was always with them. He always stayed at their house. So he was very close to these guys. And Lazarus was sick. Jesus heard about it. He didn't go. He was, he, they, they called him, hey, come and, come and pray for Lazarus. Heal him. He didn't come. Lazarus died. Yeah. Then Jesus waited even longer. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus finally shows up. And what does he do? He calls Lazarus back from the dead. It's a very powerful resurrection story where Lazarus came back from the dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a very significant verse right in that whole story there where Jesus says this. Before he, before he calls Lazarus back from the dead, he says, I am the resurrection mm-hmm. and the life. Yeah. Those are very important words, very Uh, profound words where Jesus declared right there in John 11, verse 25. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And we want you to know that we believe wholeheartedly that Jesus is the resurrection and life. In fact, we're a church. It's all about Jesus, unashamedly. And you're going to hear a story about how Jesus powerfully did another resurrection just six months ago in somebody's life here in modern day times. Yeah. And uh, maybe you're new to this Jesus thing. Maybe you're new to this church thing. I just want to say thanks for joining us. And we want you to know that Jesus is real and he has the power to change your life. He has the power to move in your life. And I'd love for you just to stick around and listen to the story mm-hmm. and just kind of think about what, what could Jesus do in your life? Because yeah. Jesus loves you. He knows you. He made you. And he wants you to live. Yes. He's the resurrection life. And if you believe in him, you will live even though you die. Yeah. What's interesting about Lazarus is Lazarus was raised back from the dead, but then obviously Lazarus died again. Physical death, yeah. So he died again, but what really mattered for Lazarus is that he knew Jesus. He yes. believed in Jesus. Our friend, Pastor Glenn Berteau, mm-hmm. he is going to die again someday, just mm-hmm. like all of us will. The most important thing is that you and I know Jesus from a relationship with him and we trust him. And we would invite you to consider that today, especially as you listen to this powerful yeah. miracle story. Well, and ultimately, God can't and doesn't just resurrect dead bodies. He wants to resurrect your soul, That's your good. spirit. Yep. Um, he brings yep. dead things to life. Yep. And outside of him, we are dead inside. Yep. Spiritually, and we're so dead. he's yep. doing resurrection life mm-hmm. all the time. And we believe that he can do that physically at mm-hmm. times as well. Yep. Come on. Maybe he's going to do that in your life today. So this story is a little bit longer than a typical message. So it's going to be about 45 minutes. I, I know you're going to enjoy it. You're going to Come love on. it. So stick with this. I've and never been bored listening to Pastor Berto. Yeah, Not ever. True. He is my favorite preacher. He's a good storyteller. Too. Second yeah. to Tyrone, he is my favorite preacher. And he's really engaging. You can be honest. He's, he's a spiritual he's, he's father honest. to us. He actually yeah. knew us before we were married. Yep. Um, and yep. we just love him. So uh, yep. hopefully you can open your heart this morning and receive the word that yep. he has to share his testimony of being raised from the dead. Well, hey, Bell Road Church. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend, one of my heroes, one of my pastors. He's a, he's a legend. This is Pastor Boom Boom Berteau, and uh, he didn't wear his LSU shirt. He, he thought about wearing his LSU shirt in reference to the Boom Boom days, which is partly LSU, partly actually high school, really, I guess, is where the Boom Boom comes from. But man, I just want to say thank you so much, Pastor Glenn, uh, for, for joining us and for being 
willing to share your story, man. I have uh, and loved you and just uh, learned so much from you for so many years. Amy and I had the privilege of working with you for uh, for quite a few years and yeah. loved that season. And in, in that season, ever since that season, man, I have just continued to learn so much from you. So yeah. what an honor it is to have you. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Well, it's great seeing you and, and being able to talk to your church because we're going to inspire some people today uh, to believe for a miracle. And when they hear this story, it's going to bring some some huge faith in their lives. Yep. That's my hope. And uh, we're in this miracle series right now. And people's faith is growing. I just want us to continue to grow. You know, the things we read about in the book of Acts, things we hear about really outside of the United States, across the world, uh, God's performing incredible miracles. And I just believe that we should be seeing more of that in, in America, in the church in the United States. And so I, I think your story is going to be one of those inspiring stories uh, for sure. So I, I'll just start off by saying, I, man, I never, I'll never forget that day. I think it was November 25th. Is that, is that the right day? November yeah. 25th. And it's Thanksgiving week. And my parents are in town. We're hanging out with my parents. And I see Kelly's Instagram post and my heart just sunk. And I don't even remember the words of it, but, you know, please pray for my dad. You know, I had a massive heart attack. And as I'm reading these words, I'm like, no, like I said, my heart sunk. But as I'm reading it and thinking about it, I share it with Amy. And I'm like, Amy, Amy, we got to pray. Uh, I just had this sense of like, this is too soon, too soon. And, and, uh, and then from, it went from there to like, man, he's got so much more in him. Yeah. And every day that week, just really hanging on to the post. I couldn't wait to see the next post. Just was praying and hoping. And, you know, for all of us, it was one of those, you know, you kind of thought, it, you know, the inevitable could happen, but just praying, dear God, don't let that happen. And Man, it was amazing just to to watch the miracle progress and to see you here in this moment. Man, you are looking good. Uh, you're sounding good. Like I heard you have uh, you did some interviews a few months ago, and like even now, you're even stronger now than you were then. Yeah. Working yeah. out again, like you said. I think a year from now, you're probably going to be beating everybody in Modesto and racquetball. Will right? be muscles yeah. are still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> so take us back then to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, to that to that week and just kind of share with everyone here, here here's what happened and there's a lot of miracles that took place along the way of course yeah to, to yeah. where you're at even now so go ahead and take us yeah, back and, to that week like said, pastor we we want to encourage people and my whole story part of it uh of what god wants to do is to bring back signs and wonders to the church this mm -hmm. is the reason you're going to hear this is Amen. god wants to bring miracles. the whole bible that we preach from as you know is full of miracles everything's yeah. a miracle uh, yeah. a man, it starts off with God taking dust and blowing breath into it. And it starts off with man is created from there. So this, this, is, this is a miracle. Uh, even the doctors, which do not want to admit, <laughs> ever say the word miracle. I make them all say it now because they don't have any, they can't explain it. Now, what I had was on the 1125, Pastor, I, had, I didn't have a heart attack. I had a cardiac arrest, which is okay. different. Okay. Cardiac arrest, and some will know that. Cardiac arrest is I'm sitting here talking to you, and then I'm dead. It's just that like that. quick. Just like that. It's a light switch. It's just a light switch. You don't even know it happened. I didn't feel any pain. I don't even remember the day before. I don't remember anything. So we're 1125, right before Thanksgiving last year, uh, is uh, my wife, I preached that Sunday. I preached three services on the weekend. I'm really tired. Now, I know why I was so tired now, because I was getting ready to have to die. Yeah. But uh, the next day, Debbie has, we have our Monday night revival prayer at night. <clears throat> My wife is having her birthday party early, uh, and all of her prayer team is, is giving her birthday party before the prayer meeting. So she says, Glenn, you got to come on up. You got to come up. And, and, and I said, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm really tired. She, normally, I would have stayed home. If she didn't have the birthday party, I would have stayed home and rested. Then what would have happened for that scenario is that she would have come home three hours later and she'd have found me dead in a chair and I'd have been dead for three hours. I'd have been sitting dead in the chair, mm -hmm. cardiac arrest, gone. Nothing could have been done. I get up, I could have died driving down the interstate 
and the car wrecked. It could have happened then. I go into the pastor's lounge, which you've been in many times, mm -hmm. and go into the pastor's lounge, and, and I walked out to go to the, it was going to be around the fellowship hall, around the other side of the church, so I'm parked behind the lounge, which is, which is on the other side of the church, and I get to the car, and Debbie's about a, a minute and a half after me. When Debbie gets in the car, a minute and a half after I walked out to the car, I'm sitting in the car with my eyes closed like this, just sitting there with my head back, and she's shaking mm -hmm. me, thinking I'm joking. Huh. And I, 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 basically I died and I'm sitting there. She goes, wake up. We got to go. Over. Come on, quit playing around. We got to go over to the other side. Cause she said, you're just laying there. Eventually she realized I wasn't responding. She realized I wasn't breathing. So she came around the car and opens the door and starts shaking me and said, Glenn, I'm gonna call 911 if you don't go ahead and start talking to me. And she's really starting to panic a little bit. Cause I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not, even, I'm not here. I'm not there. Hmm. Then here's another miracle. There's a lady named Penny, who is a nurse practitioner. She's in our church now, and she's also a cardiac arrest nurse for 25 years. Wow. She's in Canada, puts her application in all over the world, she says. She's highly qualified. Uh, she teaches people how to do all this stuff. And she, she said, I put my, my resume in Dubai and Saudi Arabia, and God sends me to Modesto. That's right, Dubai and Modesto, <laughs> you go to Modesto. So. <laughs> She comes to Modesto. Okay. Now, she never comes to the prayer meeting early because she works late. She gets off early only for that day. She comes in and parks on the wrong side of the church, which was the right side because we were going to have to drive around outside. She parks a couple of places yeah. right where I was. She hmm. walks by when Debbie's shaking me and hearing my name, and she took a couple steps, and the Lord tells her, Penny, turn around. Something's wrong with Pastor. Go check him. She said, and I have her on video talking, and, and, and I've got all the interviews of these people. She said, I came and I put my fingers on your neck. You had no pulse. You were dead. You, you, you were totally pale. You were totally white. And I pulled you out of the car. I started CPR immediately. I, 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 it was 10 minutes before the paramedics got there. She said there was, a, there was a time where you were gone. There was nothing there. You were totally lifeless. And then after a period of time, the Lord told me to take my hands off of you. And I pulled my hands up. And you opened your eyes real wild looking. You threw your hands up and you said, oh, God. And then you dropped back dead again. And wow. she says, when you did that to me, it, it, it encouraged me that your spirit went back in your body. Wow. You had no spirit in your body at that time. Now, she's spirit filled and she's also a medical expert, too. And she goes, I have never, ever seen this happen to mm -hmm. anybody do something like that. But I went back dead again. And. Okay. Paramedics, she pushed, she pushed, she broke all, they broke all the ribs in my chest. Every rib was broken. Paramedics get there and someone know they put you now on a machine now that does the CPR for you and you put your arms through it and it's like, it's like a ball that kind of like a, a big balloon and it has a motor and it just pounds you. Well, they stuck that thing on me. It broke everything in my chest, but it's just pounding. I'm coming off the concrete, they said. Uh, I, I had uh, six times I came back and I died again six times when they were doing that. So that's seven times I had died. I was I was dead seven times. They brought me back. Finally, they stabilized me enough just to get, as you know, right across the street to the mm -hmm. hospital. I get in the ER, and uh, I die again the eighth time there. They can't they can't they can't uh, keep me alive. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, eight in the Bible means resurrection. Eight means yeah. new birth. It's new, it means yeah. Resurrection. Yeah. So so. They left me there in the room and didn't do anything to me because they knew I was dead. Three doctors refused to work on me because it was not, it was, it, it wasn't worth their time. They felt like they needed to work on people. They could save their life. I had been over 40 minutes without oxygen. So he's brain dead. Yeah. Uh, he's had heart issues in the past. I've got five stents in my heart. I've had coronary mm -hmm. artery disease. And some of you people know what that is. And just letting them know some of this stuff here to show how big our God is and what he can okay. do. And then here it is. I have a, I, I'm basically dead. I died eight times. I'm in the, I'm in the, on a bed and they left me laying there with nothing, not even trying to bring me back. And I, on the, on the priority list, I'm number eight on their list to every, when they finally get past seven, they'll come look at, no, I was on nine. I think they come yeah. look at me. They'll come look at me, which meant that they were never going to get to me. My wife and them were out there three hours out in the emergency room waiting to find out and so forth. 
a lot of prayer went up a lot of prayer just like when you heard like when a lot of friends of mine heard pastors uh it was just just what you said earlier pastor Aaron, what you said earlier about no it's not his time yeah i don't believe it's right that was repeated over a thousand of times what you just said was repeated i hear it over and over again the exact same thing it was like no no this too much there's some there's more there's more in him that he's got to give i this is not right this is the, I, we don't feel that nobody felt it was right or let the lord's will be done it was a it was an onslaught of people that had authority that bombarded hell is yeah. what they did they yeah. just said let him go and that's what happened well what happened is is that eventually after about three hours they let him in and they started hooking me up to everything there's an icu nurse that i have him on video talking about i've never seen more machines on a person when they got you to icu you had you had four times more machines than anybody ever seen Everything this is an icu nurse an icu nurse is saying icu nurse saying they paralyzed <laughs> okay. you they wow. put you in coma they okay. put you in ice uh yeah. you were your, your bladder was was damaged and and uh mm. your kidneys were shut down mm -hmm. your lungs were shut down your heart is not working your oxygen hadn't come to your brain you were pretty much they gave when your wife came they gave you zero percent to live i had zero percent mm. it wasn't one it was zero percent and uh um, yeah. and so now, in how this, long how long ahead. do they they say you you can go without oxygen to your brain because that's not even a very long window what is it five you start, five minutes you start, you start having brain damage at five minutes okay at five Here. minutes yeah just yeah. like the breakthrough the breakthrough movie with the with the young boy that fell through the ice yeah that's right uh, yeah. his mom and my my wife became really good friends during that time okay they were talking back and forth because okay. her her son was without you know he froze yeah. under ice mm -hmm. and he we wasn't breathing now i didn't freeze there but that's what they do to you yeah. but i was already without oxygen for a long time. So they, they wrote me mm -hmm. off. There's several things here. Some of you people in the medical field would know a Glasgow coma scale. Mm -hmm. A Glasgow coma scale, you start at one in, in three areas, maybe like brain activity, eye movement, and you go to 15. We're at 15 right now talking. Uh, if okay. you're at a three, you're brain dead or you dead. I was at a three. Uh, another thing that, that, that why they didn't want to work, I was motley and modeling means that it's when your body's dying and you have a purplish red marble starts up your feet and going up your legs that was already happened my body was dying uh i i was i was gone Tyrone, i i yeah. i was pretty much dead there wasn't any hope wasn't anything there my doctor came up from our church and since they had three turned me down that didn't want to help me because i was too far gone mm -hmm. called up and got a cardiologist to come in and they just then he incubated me, uh, put me in a coma, whatever they did. But they just said, we, we can't do anything. We did, we, you know, he's not really alive. We just, you know, it, it's when you think about it with some of us and some of the people that are watching too has had relatives. When you think that your life is based on a, a, an outlet, electrical outlet, yeah. that's a machine plugged in. Yeah. We don't plug it. He's not, he's not here. Well, mm -hmm. I'm not there really anyway. Uh, so my family came and just did warfare just prayed okay. uh just like you just like you okay. church did just like people and it went and spread fire all over the world mm -hmm. i preached all over the world so there are people mm -hmm. that from you know they're in they're in singapore they're in uh, malaysia new zealand australia uh south africa and they're different parts of the world saying the same thing you just said it's not his time uh, huh. this is not right yeah. here we're going to stand in the gap uh, Debbie would not receive at all. She, she's a, my, my wife's an intercessor, prayer warrior. Yep. And she's like, no, no, he's not going to die. He's not going to no, He's not going to do this. Uh, Micah came in. My son came in about two o'clock from Texas. My other girls, they live in two, two different, a long way away. They hadn't gotten there yet. And they stayed there all the way. Micah stayed with the, his mom, with my wife, to about 630, which is 12 hours. I'm in a hospital. I'm in ICU now. I have everything in the thing. I got everything plugged up to me. Yeah. All in my neck. I've got all in my neck, all over the place. And you'll see pictures of that. Okay. Um, they sent them home. And they said, we think we've got him stabilized. After 12 hours, I came in. They come home and they come to the house. One thing is kind of a side note here. In one of my rooms here in the house, we have a, my, my wife put up a legacy wall of me and my dad in a sense when, when I was a kid 
yeah. and, and him and different yeah. parts. And then also we have with me and Micah, my son, uh, me in his little football uniform, showing him to play, how, how to taught him to play the guitar. He's playing the guitar. And Micah walked into that room and he says, I just broke and cried. He said, I may not ever yeah. have a memory with my dad again, when you think of that. And so they try to go to sleep and within two hours, Pastor, the hospital calls them and says, come say goodbye to your dad. Hmm. Told my daughter to bring a funeral dress. Wow. Bring a black dress when you come uh, to Modesto. And so that's where I was. I was at a point where I was just, it was just a matter of time for them to come out and say that he died. I remember listening to Micah describe that moment. And he, he said that was like one of the worst car rides ever in his life is him and Debbie, you know, yeah. his mom, you get their, they're going back to the hospital. Right. And right. just just the heaviness, the weight of that, the, uh, it was just a very difficult car ride because basically it's come back because he's taken a turn for the worse and this is it. Right, right. And so, so, there was, so there's an ICU nurse named Juan. So I had Penny as one of my angels. Juan yeah. was another angel that God placed there, who's a spirit-filled worship leader. But before he was, he saw me preach 10 years ago in Fresno, California. Okay. I prophesied over him at an altar that he was going to lead worship one day. I prophesied over to what his future pastor that they didn't even yeah. know each other. Yeah. You're going to pastor one day. And they, he's ended up being the worship leader for that guy. And they have a church down there. He was... He was a in ICU nurse, and he said they were so negative. They didn't want to work on you. The nurses were, yeah, I hope Betcheno's prayers are really going to work with yeah. this guy. You know, they were making statements like that. But when he would go in and he would wait for them to leave, he'd go and sing worship songs, and my blood pressure would come up. It would start, it would start moving. Uh, he would put scriptures around the room and stuff. So he was there with all the negative. He would change the atmosphere. Okay. And so... Uh, and Christy would come in when she got there. She has her phone laying on my chest, singing the God of miracles. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the family, here's the thing that I need to tell your people. Yeah. The reason that, that pastor Tyrone and I speak so much about restoring your family, because your blood relatives have more authority than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Your blood relatives, you won't call upon me, but your blood relatives around you, standing around you yeah. that are part of you. And they feel it more than anybody else because they're your family. They're your blood relative. And all of my family are in the ministry. All of my family know God. And when they all got together, there was an authority in that room. Then it's piggybacked by people in your church and by yeah. you and, and by, by those around the world. And and there was just an avalanche of this, this prayer that was going in. And so what's interesting is that my wife, about the second night there she goes lord i need a scripture you got to give me something to hang on to she wakes up with the scripture that i am the resurrection and the life though you die you will live and that's found in john eleven twenty five in the lazarus story yeah it was eleven twenty five. Wow. i died yeah. eleven twenty five. Mm-hmm. four days later lazarus comes out of the tomb four days later i happened to open my eyes just for a few seconds and looked at her closed my eyes and she realized that I was there for the first time and that I was still, I was still on earth. You know, I wasn't in heaven. Yeah. And, and, and then it was just, just a miraculous every day was just a miraculous. Okay. Let's take the breathing uh, equipment out of his mouth. We don't know if he's going to, you know, that's, you could die right there. Cause you can't, yeah. you can't breathe. Yeah. I started, we don't know if he's going to be able to talk. Uh, I said a word the first time, first time they ever, they, there were things that they would shock them that I was able to do uh, after I started recovering. As I was, I was not awake yet, but, but they knew that I was going to live. Then the doctor called together my family and says, family, I just need to let you know, he's been without oxygen a long time. He's gonna be brain damaged, not maybe, he will be brain damaged. He may be on a feeding tube probably the rest of his life. He's gonna be, he's gonna, he may not have his memory. He may not be able to walk again. Uh, he may not even know who you are. I said, because he's been, he's been, he's been without oxygen, oxygen so long. And, uh, and my son says to him, he says, well, doc, do you have like a good story you can tell us something positive or some, maybe a, something that happened to somebody else? He goes, yeah, there was a lady in 1991 
that recovered, wasn't as bad as your dad, and she still had some issues, but she lived. And he goes, you don't have any more recent story than 91? Yeah. He goes, not not in the shape your dad's in. Wow. I've never seen anybody in that shape at all come out of it. And then my son says, like they all did, is that you're getting ready to have another story, Doc. There you go, yeah. And that's what they would say. They, so your people have to remember that it, you do, you can't go by what you see. Tyrone, when you walked in my room, and you'll see those pictures, when you walked in my room, I, th- there, were, there was a wall of machines, four deep, also around, you couldn't see in the pictures, around the foot of my bed. And when you looked, you're saying, there's no way. But it's not what you see, it's what he says. I can't go by what I see. I've got to judge that my God can do anything, anytime, anywhere. Now, there's some things here, of course, that uh, everything's a miracle here. And it was a miracle. My kidneys were not working. I'm on on dialysis. My bladder is not working. I have have nothing happening in my bladder, in my kidneys, nothing. They're just dead. Uh, And I'm still in the hospital. I need a miracle for all of that. I started getting better every day. I remember the doctor came in and I didn't know they discussed brain damage because I wasn't even awake. Yeah. So the doctor's going to ask me questions to see if I can answer them. And so he's like, uh, hey, Glenn, he said, where were you born? I'm laying in the bed. I'm like, where were you born? He goes, uh, what's your birthday? I said, what's your birthday? You know what city you're in? <laughs> yeah. What city you're in? I said, why are you asking me these stupid questions? He goes, I think he's okay. Uh, so <laughs> the point is, is I, I, he was asking me, and I'm like, I, immediately when I came to, I had recollection of everything. Yeah, you were coherent, I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have any kind of brain damage. Oh, I didn't have any brain fog. I didn't, I, you know, I mean, and I was on all kinds of drugs and stuff then. Yeah. It was just a miracle, bro. It's just mm. a miracle. Mm. I'll never forget that. I think I, I, if it was... Micah that dubbed it uh, Miracle Sunday, but man, he did that post, Miracle. And I honestly, man, I just, I broke. I started crying. I, I said, amen, and I showed Amy, and it just was one of those amazing, like, look at this. Because there was progression, progression, progression. It's like, okay, so there's some hope here. Uh, but then it was like, look at this. He's, yeah. he's waking up. Uh, he's responding. And you're just like, this is... Modern day miracle right here. This is modern day resurrection right here. Right. And I started walking and, and the doctor, the nurse, and the and the and the physical therapist are like, he's not I don't know how he's doing this. I don't know how he's walking. He's not huh. he shouldn't even be walking right now. And I just I stood then I was doing speed walking. Then I'm starting to speed walk around. I said, okay, I gotta get back in shape whatever. And it was sixteen days. I was in a hospital. 16 days and what's ironic about that is that the Lazarus story uh him in the grave is 16 scriptures uh, <laughs> I, I learned a few things here and uh, people you need to listen to this there's a difference between uh death and dead death and dead are two different things dead is more the grave okay. death is a spirit death is what causes divorce causes wars causes yeah. hate causes racism causes you know that's that's a spirit of death as we know it's a spirit of death. And I went into a room of death. Now, everybody was asking me, did you see Jesus? Did yeah, you? what'd you see? What'd you see? Yeah, where's the light? Tell us about the light, yeah. The light, did you hover over your body yeah. Yeah. and see the doctors? And and I was. I remember laying there, you wanna hear a funny thing? I don't know if you heard this story. I don't know, you can you can cut it out if you want to, but this okay. is funny. Because this is, this is, you know me, and this would be typical me, knowing that my brain was okay. So I'm laying there and I, I'm, I'm under, I still have this medication and I'm barely just coming out. And, and, and all these people are in it. Did you see Jesus? Did you see a light? Did you see anything? And I kept, it, it was asking me so much. So I just made up a story I'm <laughs> in the bed. And I'm like, I got tubes in me. And I'm like, yeah, I saw him. I went up, it was beautiful. It was all white. And all of a sudden in the distance, I saw this Jesus coming in this white robe. It, this robe was just glistening. It was just white as could be. And he came up to me and I was just in, in awe. And he said to me, he said, why are you here? And I said, well, I died. I, I'm here in heaven. He goes, well, you're not supposed to be here. I said, yeah, I want to be here. He said, no, you need to go back. I said, I don't want to go back. And then we got in a fight. And then we got in a fight. <laughs> started fighting on the ground and I got his robe all dirty and he really got mad at me and he threw me back. 
that's what I told them. <laughs> and I, that, but that's Love not true. And all of you listening, that's not true. That's not what yeah, happened. But yeah, I'm going to tell you yeah. what did happen to me that didn't happen to most people that I've ever talked to that's died and come back. I went in a room of death. He showed me what other scriptures mean. And this was my story. I'm sitting in a room, Pastor, and it's pitch black. I know there are people in the room with me, but I can't hear. I can't. I, I can't hear anything, see anything uh, in the room. But there are people sitting with me right now uh, in this room. I remember doing this. I can't see anything. It's pitch black. Uh, across, like you can see behind me, was a door. I could see a light around the door. That there was a light on the other side of the door, and I could see blinking through that light was a figure walking back and forth. Who I know now that was a spirit of death is where I was. And, uh, and this is basically where Lazarus was in a spirit of death. He wasn't dead. See, if, if I was judged, I would be in heaven, but I wasn't judged yet. So there was no judge. Lazarus wasn't judged. Okay, so I'm sitting in this room. All of a sudden, I'm hearing a roar outside the room. There's a roar outside the room. And I, 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 I really intend, I started listening, and I hear my wife praying. I hear her intercessors praying. I hear my pastors praying. I hear you praying. I hear church praying. I hear people around the world. It is a, it is a, and it's saying, he's not supposed to be there. Death, let him go. You don't have the power over him. In the name of Jesus, there's a resurrection power in him. And we pray, let him go. His time is not over. And they were demanding death to let me go. And death let me go. Death basically grabbed me, threw me out, said, you can't stay here any longer. Please get out of here and came out. So then here's this picture I got. And then huh. I said, God, I said, explain this to me. What is the deal? I said, yeah. why did I go to heaven? Because doesn't it say it's appointed in Hebrews, it's appointed to man wants to die, then yeah. the judgment. Yeah. He says, yeah, that's what I said. He said, but Glenn, how long is then? Then, uh, then the judgment, yeah. Yeah, how long is then? Long he said, so you asked your son to mow the front yard, mow the backyard, and then you're going to have dinner. When are you going to have dinner? Well, I don't know how long it's going to take him. He said, how long is when? When, when? when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I acted like a child, but when I grew up. When is the age you grow up? So he said, so so there's a time period. And then he I, then he said, I said, but wasn't I dead? He said, no, you were in death. He said, now, 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 what's the one thing I took the sting out of? Did I take it out of hell in the grave? No. I did take a sting out of death. That means you can deal with death. Yeah deal with that and you deal with it in that order you deal with death first everything is in threes uh you deny yourself take up the cross follow me it's in the right order okay uh uh you plant you water your harvest it's mm -hmm. got to be in that order death hell and the grave that order okay. so you don't deal with hell and the grave the one you can you and i can deal with is a spirit of death that we can deal with yeah and so God really showed me, and then he said this. He said, Glenn, only those with authority was heard. Now, your church, church, you need to hear this. Only those with authority were heard, was heard in their prayers. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, Glenn, you know the Bible. He said, let me give you one of the stories, so many. He said, the seven sons of Siva. The demon well, it, said, Jesus By the son. way, we, we just looked at that last Sunday. So, there you go. Yeah, great okay. story, so, yeah. And I didn't hear, so I'm not piggybacking yeah. on what he's saying. Yeah. But apparently this is something the Lord wants to reiterate. Yeah. That he said, he said this to me. He said, the demon said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, mm -hmm. but who are you? And God says to me, Jesus says to me, he says, most of the church are who are yous. They don't have any authority. They cannot command a mountain to move. They can't speak to any demon to go away because they're nominal Christians. They come to church whenever, they give whatever, they don't tithe uh, 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 all the time. They just come, they don't serve, they don't do anything. But then when a crisis comes, then they want me to stand up and they want they want me to go mm. ahead and, and, and push the enemy away. Mm. Where, no, 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 you have authority. You have the authority to move mountains, he says, but you have not gone ahead and prepared yourself and grown up because to have authority, you have to be under authority. And to have authority, you're gonna have to go through adversity yeah. to go ahead you're gonna to have to go through yeah. some wars you're gonna to have to go through some pain where you don't yeah, get up on. and quit 
you know, how many times, how many people have left the church because God didn't answer my prayer and God didn't do this for me here. And you're a baby here. You need to grow up and, and you get the pacifier out and realize that, you know what, God wants to bring you through some troubles and some pain and some difficulty so you can be strong enough to stand on your own two feet because you can't reach your pastor and you can't reach me to pray for you. So you're going to have to go ahead and pray and deal with it yourself because the devil's going to find you when we're not yep. around and yep. that's what he's going to bully you. Yeah. So, yeah. so the bottom line is, is that those with authority were heard. Man. There were people that God did not hear and the devil did not hear because there was no authority. But the authority of the believer is so powerful. And in a time of death, in a time of divorce or time of, of cancer and heart disease or things like this, all this stuff that I've walked through in my life, uh, I'm here. I've been brought back. Mm -hmm. I brought back in every doctor. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I, okay. It's a miracle. I can't explain it. Can't explain it. I'm here to remove your grave clothes. I came out of the tomb. I'm in the, I'm dead. I'm dead. Huh. I could not pray for myself. I needed others to pray for me. Who yeah. do you want to surround yourself with? Is your yeah. family strong enough to go and stand with you without pastors being around? Are they able to pray for you? Are they able to be with you and help you come out of this thing? Mine was because I trained them and I taught them and God was good to me. And God brought me back to tell you that I that Lazarus couldn't remove his grave clothes. Remove his clothes. Other people had to do it. I needed other mm -hmm. people in my life. You're going to mm -hmm. need it for you one day. Yep. We're all going to need this that are watching. Yep. So you know what? I got to have the right people. I want the strongest people I can around me to go and pray for me to pull me out. And my job now has come back several things to remove the grave clothes of people. I'm here to remove your grave. Yeah. I'm helping help you unwrap. And number yeah. two is signs and wonders need to come back to the church. We're yeah. building bigger platforms and we're having smaller altar areas in our mm. church today. And God says, I'm sick of that. I mm. want to see, I want to see a move of God. I want to see miracles. I want to see signs and wonders and let my life, what happened to me of God raising me up, let that be your story that God can do that for you. Yeah. Come on. Amen. I love that. And I, I wonder, this is what Amy, Amy preached actually last Sunday and talked about, you know, what, what do we miss out on in life when we don't walk in authority? Jesus wants all of us yeah. to walk in authority. We miss out on so many things, but then we have these crisis moments like you're describing where you can't do anything even for yourself. And so you have other people that are walking in authority uh, for you. And I think these are some of the things that then we miss out on. If we don't grow in that intimacy with Jesus, we miss out on this, this authority that he has for us. And man, I love, uh, man, I, I love you. I love you taking time to share this story. This is incredible. This is miraculous. And, and I'll say, you know, there's so many things I admire about you, but seeing you up close, being around you up close, uh, I would say at the top of the list, what I admire you the most for is you're an incredible dad, an incredible husband. I mean, amazing preacher, worldwide preacher, one of the greatest evangelists of our time. That's you. But you know what I admire you even more for is you're just an incredible husband and dad. And it came like you reaped the fruit and the benefit of that in this season because you you, you, you raised your family. You created an atmosphere of faith in your family. And I think one of the things that God is wanting to do right now in this season, the coronavirus season, as crazy as it is, I believe God is wanting to restore worship back in the home. Yeah. We're all having church in the home. We're all, we can't have encounters with God in a church building. We're having to encounter God for ourselves in our home. I think God is really, and that's one of the things he keeps speaking back to me is, I want to restore worship in the home. And I love that you're speaking to families about this because we want to make sure that we are developing faith, creating an atmosphere of faith in our home, in our life, in our kids, in our marriages. And, and you've done that. And again, like I said, you just reaped the fruit of that in that moment. Yeah. And you know, you know, I didn't do it to one day like, hey, I'm going to die. I hope they step yeah. up. You don't do it that way. You no, just do it no. because because it's just right and and they're gonna they need to learn how to do the warfare themselves yeah and but when you took my wife who who is intercessory prayer and she does a weekly prayer thing if you yeah. want to follow that she'll do yeah. that but then to take 
you you take my my three kids that are all in the ministry they're all in the ministry you got their own and they all of them preach great i mean they all have an anointing on their lives then you take the husbands and the wives of them who they married that are in the ministry mm -hmm. uh i mean you know that 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 like i said the blood relative thing was so strong I, I didn't, I, I, you never think, well, I want to get them strong enough because when I die one day, they can trade me back. You don't think that at all. It's just, no. I need to prepare you to deal with warfare when you're not with dad anymore, when you're no. by yourself and you can't reach the pastor and you can't reach me or reach mom. You've got to learn to stand up on your own and the devil's got to realize that you're serious and you know how to fight because there are too many people in our churches that are dragging themselves in, dealing with stuff over the years. And you know what? Life won't wait on the wounded. Now hear what I just said. Life is gonna pass you by if you keep saying, you can't believe what happened to me. You can't believe what's going on in my life. You can't believe how sick I am. Uh, you know what? Life is gonna pass you by. You know, you know what's crazy about this whole thing too, Pastor, is that I wrote a healing book before I died. Huh. It, it's uh, chosen, I, I, it's in Chosen, a major book company. And, and it's coming out at the end of June. Let me tell you. I, you need, did you add a few more chapters to it? <laughs> I added the resurrection chapter because they couldn't put it out because I died. The author died. So they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't, they, didn't, they stopped the, uh, the press on it. Yeah. And then when I came out of it, I said, I have one more chapter. Yeah, we got to sure. write. At least. <laughs> and so, so it's called the resurrection. And I have Debbie, my wife, writing part of it. Because here's, here's, here's what I wanted. I wanted people to get because. Your pastor and I, we realize that there are people that are sick every service that come to our meetings, either with cancer, could have heart disease, diabetes, arthritis. My, my daughter has had 26, 27 years rheumatoid arthritis. She's handicapped. My, my sister died of ovarian cancer at 33. I have dealt. If they think we don't deal with things as a pastor, no. The only reason we can talk about some of these things is because God brought us through it to be able to help you out in the congregation. But here, here I have, I, I go through all of this, but I had my wife write part of the chapter, my oldest daughter, my middle daughter, and my son. And when you read that, what my kids say of what their dad is dying in the hospital, I, I started crying reading it. And then again, the whole book of why am I not healed when God promised is what it's about. They can go to Amazon right now. You go to Amazon and look up Glenn Berto. There's a new book. Why am I not healed when God promised? They can pre-order that. It, I'm telling you, it, it is, it's prophetic almost because my death, things that were used that I spoke about that I never thought before cardiac arrest was all part of my healing of what brought me back. It, it's, it's an incredible, nothing's ever like this has ever happened yeah. before is in a book, yeah. but it's going to be coming out soon. People need to get that. That's good. That's awesome. I did not know that. That's, that's great. Well, I look forward to getting it. It's called, it's called what again? Called heat. Why, why I, why I am not healed why am i not healed when god okay. promised why am okay. i not healed it's got a red cross kind of on it when god promised on it uh john bevere forwarded good friend a lot okay. of guys uh yeah. sam rodriguez and stuff like that or, okay uh, so it it really it's one of those things where we're, we're confused about this because in yeah. our church services they got healed and they got healed and yeah. but why am i not healed yeah you know why why is that and it's very confusing to us of why yeah. is it not happening in this book? Big deal. I, I it, it asks, it's, well, and I had somebody interview me the other day that they lost their dad. She's a pastor, but she has a, a radio broadcast, a Zoom broadcast all over. She said the book helped me more than anything else to understand uh, why that happened. And I, it's going to be an answer that will help us pastors to explain to our congregations why these yeah. things didn't happen. Yeah. That's good. Well, I look forward to reading I was actually likely going to make that the topic of the next Sunday after this Sunday of, of next week is like, is, is really addressing that. So I'll, I, I think that's a phenomenal topic to tackle in a book. And I believe that's going to help a whole lot more people just like this story is, man, you, it's interesting. This is an amazing miracle. But when I think about you, Pastor Boom, boom, Bertel. I think uh, like your whole life is a miracle, man. There's so many miracles in your life from finding Jesus yeah. in college and all this, all the crazy things that are happening. I don't know if you remember, you probably do obviously remember this season, but one of the things I remember the season where you were, got really sick when Amy and I were there. And I remember the specific phrase, 
spirit of death even then. It's like a spirit of death has tried to take you out several times, but you were really, really sick. So sick that you and Debbie were going to Sacramento and Micah was going to stay at our house for the night. Uh, he was a sophomore, I think, or junior in high school at the time. And you just were so sick. They were getting ready to take you to, to Sacramento. They didn't know what to do with you. And it was this crazy, weird season where we thought we could lose you. And then you miraculously came out of that season, too. And and I'll never forget that. Embolism. I had pulmonary embolism and, and uh, I had blood clots. Yeah. And, and, and that can, that's killed several, a lot of people is a pulmonary embolism. And I, and Lord healed me of that. Yeah. yeah. Seven months though. I went through seven months of, of that yeah. time there. So if you wondered, why isn't God not working? That's another yeah. time you and I will talk of what yeah. I learned from that one yeah. about how, how, about what more than a conqueror means. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, out, so. man, I think about your life though. Just it's so many miracles that you have seen and experienced. Of course, we've got the miracle in Modesto, 1995, amazing revival move of God. And of course, God's still moving there in the church, through the church. And I love, man, just another story, amazing story that the world needs to hear is this story, man. What God has done in your life in the last six months, you're coming up, I think uh, next week or the week after, six months, six month anniversary. And, I think Micah even said it, maybe it's the doctors that told him, but like you have a new birthday, literally you have a new birthday too, because you were dead. You came back to life. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're six, almost six months old now. That's it. I'm <laughs> six months old. I need that, people to take care of me. Tell my wife that she needs to take care of me. <laughs> Man, you're looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Sounding good. So good. yeah. I'm Thank you. Good. Getting stronger and good. And, uh, you know, it's a process to come out of it, and but 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 there's a reason, as you know, for yeah. God yeah. has a. I, I wonder sometimes. Now, hear what I'm about to say, and 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 this is a crazy statement, but I'm I'm, I'm speaking from what I went through. Um, I wonder, does God really want to maybe bring everybody back? Hmm. Because what did they do before they died? Was there anything? that was great about their life that, oh, I want you to be there and to come and do nothing again if I save your life. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I wonder if you build up some credit in the sense, and I don't, you understand what I'm saying, is that your life meant something. And as you know, I love seeing people saved and we've yeah. seen hundreds of thousands yeah. of people saved. And God says, well, I still want to see a last day revival of that. I need yeah. burnt oil now because that's Amen. his heart. I wonder if I didn't care about people I didn't care about the church. I didn't care about giving and helping. I didn't care about all that stuff. It's like, well, he's a, he, he's saved, so let's just bring him to heaven. Mm-hmm. But he's not any help to me leaving him there. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe <laughs> it was, you know, like you're saying, you're saying it wasn't your time. Why yeah. wasn't it my time, see? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Why wasn't it? Is it because maybe God says, I need what you do and that you've never stopped doing since you were saved is yeah. to help people and restore people, yeah. save people. And and I need that. And I need mm-hmm. more of that because that's what I want to see happen in these last days. Amen. I want to see it too. And I'd love for you to take a few moments. Would you pray? Let's pray for us, pray for people, pray for our church. I, I'm, I know there's people that are listening that maybe they are still wrestling with this faith in Jesus, this church thing. But here they hear this amazing, crazy, miraculous story. They're listening to a, a miracle, looking at a miracle right here. And maybe today's their day to say yes to Jesus, begin following him. Yeah, uh, there's people that are listening. They need a miracle right now and they need a healing right now. So would you just pray for those people? Would you pray over those people for us? We'll always be praying for these things the rest of our life. Because listen, yeah. church, you say, how does this happen? Pandemic, all this. We're in a fallen world. We're yeah. in a world that's cursed. We're in a world that that uh, is, we're going to have tornadoes, hurricanes. We're going to have another pandemic. That's always going to be because our world is a fallen world. You can read Hebrews and read that, all of that. And, and this is where we're at. We're always going to have this kind of stuff. Don't be alarmed that, oh, I can't believe this is happening. They had smallpox in the days. They had all kinds of things in the past. Uh, there's always going to be something. Uh, and, and, and all of it, it does, it kind of tests your faith a little bit too. Totally does. Uh, I, I'm glad I didn't. We didn't go back after two weeks because we're going back the same. Yeah, it took a little bit longer for us to go ahead. But this yeah. is what I want you to do. Listen, I want, what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand on the area 
uh, on me, it'd be a heart. I have coronary artery disease. I, I've got a defibrillator right here that they put in my, my chest. Uh, if this is my area, if it's, if it's cancer, wherever it's at in your body, body, if it's arthritis, where is it hurting in your hands? My daughter's in her hands and her feet and her, really her whole body hurts. Uh, but, but wherever that is, and then here at number two, if you have somebody in your family or close friend that's walking through a hard situation, you go ahead and you stand in for them in a sense, putting your hand on that area where they're suffering from. Mm. And I want to believe for a miracle. And then I want you to let pastor know, because from, I'm going to pray, but you notice the first night they prayed, I didn't come back. Mm-hmm. It took consistent prayer, consistent prayer. Well, how long do I do it? Till you get the answer. Then you're going to be praying for something else. We'll yeah. always have something we're going to pray about. Okay, so put your hand on that area and let's believe. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray and ask that my friends, my family that are in Jesus, I pray that God, you'll help what you did for me that you'll do for them. I don't know why, but I'm feeling the burden of, 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 of people right now that have, have no you don't know where to turn. You don't have an answer. And I just felt this weight hit me of, of the suffering that some of you have been through. Oh, Jesus, help right now. Stand in the gap right now. Walk into the hospital room, to the living room, to the bedroom, wherever they are right now. I pray in the name of Jesus for a miracle to take place in your life. I'm not playing. And I rebuke any sickness spirit, spirit of sickness. I rebuke you of infirmity. It's a spirit of infirmity. I pray the spirit of death from that sickness off of each and every one that we are speaking to right now. In the precious name of Jesus, it will happen. Amen. And I want you to let your pastor know, and I want you to keep praying and keep believing from this point on, and we're gonna believe for a miracle, and we wanna hear about that miracle. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Glenn. Love you to death, and uh, thank you for sharing your story and speaking life and praying life over our church. Look forward to connecting with you again in the future. One day I wanna come come to Phoenix and see you. Yeah, come on, be great. One day. Be great, it's a great place. again for listening to this message of Bell Road Church. We hope you enjoyed it and that God spoke to you through it. Be sure to connect with us online via Twitter, Facebook, and at bellroadchurch.com.